weeks but we're back today we've got a, a different looking cast for you so i'm joined by michael greg and ryan michael come to you first well welcome back first time this season i think no i was on um <laughs> the second day of the world cup um because i missed the first half of usa v wales we've done this uh, and it was a kind of it was when people uh, tweeted in their thoughts and i was sort of drafted into have my thoughts and their thoughts because uh, it was during the sort of close pe- close season period, which is all I seem to get on for. I don't seem to actually get any thoughts on games. I just get uh, reviews and filler content. So glad to be here anyway. Uh, well, we love the way your mind thinks, so we'll get diving into that later. Don't you worry. We're glad to have you. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm all right, my man. I'm all right, thanks. All right, good. And G, round us off. How are we feeling? Not bad, mate. Thank you. Look like you've caught the sun quite well, G. Been out and about. I have, mate. I have, mate. I was sitting in the garden for hours on Saturday, mate. Um, I tanned pretty well, but yeah, no, I've definitely caught it. Am I am right in saying bottle of Corona in hand? Uh, so let's say Peroni. All right, we were close. We were close. But guys, uh, we're going to today kind of look back at the season as a whole. Going to break it down position <coughs> by position. But first, um, obviously couple of weeks since the season ended. Ryan, looking back on the season as a whole, how would you rate it out of 10? Would you say success or not success? Probably a middle of the road, five. Um, in, in certain spells, we could have been better. Uh, and also on the flip side of that, we went on good runs. Definitely improved our league position on last year. So we get a couple of rating points for that, but then failed massively in the two cups, which... For any Hibs fans, uh, a big incentive to get to Hamden every year. And we've been used to that for a long time now. So on that side of things, I would say we failed. So the season kind of lands in the middle of the road for me. We we passed up a golden opportunity in the last day of the season to finish above the, the best ever Hearts team and get Europa League. So, yeah, I mean, there was a massive levels of inconsistency during the season, which I'm sure most teams can relate to. But us as Hibs fans can feel pretty disappointed about that this year. So... Five out of ten for me. Greg, on on the same line, do you think I'm five out of ten is fair? No, I'd say three out of ten. <clears throat> do you want to get a reason you have just a three? <laughs> just, just, to be honest, just not good enough for large parts of the season. Um, not impressed when a manager comes in and two weeks into the season, he's already blaming the format of cups against low league opposition. So I, I would probably say three out of ten, um, plenty to work on. I was slightly more impressed us towards the end of the season, but I would feel guilty and a bit of a hypocrite going above a three. Well, Michael, I was before you joined, um, we were chatting about how excited we were to go on a European tour, so I thought we'd have quite upbeat and uh, quite relatively high numbers, but it doesn't seem to be the case. How how would you rate the season? Well, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have high numbers for that. Just even with European football, because you need to be really bad to not get it. To be honest, um, it's the way it's set up now. It's not even like the top three used. To, that's what we've been kind of used to the last few years. That we get European football, but fifth place. I mean, come on, like it's it's we should be getting that minimum every single season. The cup, the cup, 
uh, form was shocking in particular the group the group stage stuff, which I'm to be honest with you, doesn't feel like was this season. It feels like a lot longer ago than that. Uh, I feel like we've had a lot of changes since then, like in terms of players and things like that ever since. So that the the group the the group stages was a disgrace. Uh, obviously, getting beat from Hearts in the manner of which we did was 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 really bad as well. And then um, league form, we just we just dropped points against too many shit teams. Like never, we never beat Dundee United. I don't think. Nah, we got one point in the against them, and they and they got relegated. Uh, getting away, getting beat away at Livingston early in the season. Um, getting beat at away at Kamal. These are all bottom six teams, and we're getting beat for them. Do you know what I mean? Getting beat at home for Ross County. My buff there as well. Oh, no. Well, that makes a difference, but it sticks out in my mind. Um, and uh, you think about how close we were to getting fourth and even third going down the last few games. And it's just, you kind of drop points against shit teams and expect to get away with it. And also, on the flip side of that, the fact that, um, the fact that we beat Aberdeen 6-0 and they finished above us and they finished above Hearts because Hearts beat them 5 0 uh, a few days earlier or a few days after, I can't remember. Um, it's not, it, Aberdeen have done well to get where they were, but uh, my God, what an opportunity we've missed to, to finish behind them. Uh, so if you had to give me a number, what, what, would, what number would you stick Four. at? I'll go in the middle of the two. All right, well, Harry, what's your number? I'll try and be slightly more upbeat. I think if you asked me on the last day of the season when we failed to finish above Hearts, I probably would have put us at around uh, um, maybe a minus six. I was I was absolutely livid after that game, to be honest. But um, now looking back, I'm I'm going to be positive. I'll say a six. I'll say um, if someone said to me at the start of the season, would you be happy with fifth? I probably would have just about taken it. And I know that given the context of the season, there's definitely been phases of the game that are phases of the year that haven't been good enough. Um, but yeah, no. Um six, six for me, six for me is probably about that happy spot. It's kind of saying probably past marks, but not really good enough regardless. Um but yeah, um, but now we've all given that. So let's look ahead, let's let's reflect, sorry, on the season that has gone. Um so yeah. First of all, um, let's just talk about the players that have left that, that played at the start of the season or maybe been part of squads but not featured. Um, so first of all, the players we've actually sold, Ryan Porteous and Kevin Nisbet. Ryan Porteous, um, even though it seemed like a massive hit in January, defensively we kind of improved after he left. I don't know if that's reason or if it's just because Will Fish was as good as Will Fish was. But um, talk to me about Kevin Nisbet, guys. Got confirmed that he met, went to Millwall. Um, different media outlets are reporting different fees but from Scottish media it's saying two million. Um Michael come at you first. What what did you think of Kevin Nisbet as a player for Hibs in his whole tenure here and are you happy with the deal? Uh I thought he was I thought he was good. Uh, obviously had his problems um injury wise and stuff like that but I think he was reliable in terms of goals he was reliable to score goals in big games. Um probably didn't have the the best and most consistent players around him. And what I mean by that is he, he very rarely played in our team when it was our team at full strength. Um and he sort of had to do two men two work for two men on his own. Um but with regards to the fee, I don't know what to believe because you can't how can it be so different? Like we're talking about a million pound difference here. 
So do you believe that he went for a million pound? Because the guy down south in London is reporting he's across everything, all the London clubs, and he's meant to bang on about everything. Or do you believe STV News, who are saying we sold him for two million? Now, in my head, I'm thinking we got offered two million pounds from in January and we turned it down. Would would a club offer the same amount of money six months later when he's failed the medical, or would we accept half the price? That's my thoughts. But good luck to him, he's done well. Yeah, fair. Greg, Ryan, thoughts on Nisbet? Um, Looks he was a good he was a good player. He absolutely was a good player, but I think obviously at times there was frustrations there. Some penalty misses, etc. And in, in, in terms of the fee, I don't really know. I think I would I would have taken two million. It's a very difficult place to, to try and replace though. Position to replace, sorry. Um one million I probably wouldn't be so sure about unless it was a, a fairly large sell on clause. And Ryan, but, uh, Kevin Nisbet? Yeah, Kevin Nisbet was obviously quite an important player for us whilst he was here. Um, for one reason or another, he didn't have the greatest relationship with, with the fans, given the amount of goals he scored and performances in big games. So I don't think uh, we ever really took to him. And I suppose that was due to the transfer request early on in his Hibs career. But if you look back on his career, he's never really stayed at a team for any longer than three seasons. So... He's one of these guys that wants to get to the top and he doesn't really care how he does it. So I wouldn't imagine he'd be at Millwall for all that long. Um, in regards to the fee, I would imagine there's a percentage that's going to go to Dunfermline um, and there'll be money going elsewhere, I would I would think. So I'm not sure how much of that we'll actually see. and I don't know if it'll be staged payments or whatever, but I just hope that we get something to try and reinvest because as Greg touched on, it's, it's a hard place to, to recruit and it's probably the most expensive place to recruit as well. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think he's definitely been our best striker in recent years. I think probably Griffiths is the best actual decent striker we've had, like in the gap between Griffiths and Nisbet. Definitely correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I know we've had McLaren and stuff on loan, but I, I think the way Nisbet was Cummings. consistent for a few years. Oh, Cummings, I suppose, yeah. He was championship and didn't really make the step up to the Prem with us. But yeah, no, he was definitely a good well in the championship. Um, but yeah, no, as, as we said, goes with my best wishes. Um, I don't yeah, some some people question his attitude at times, but you know, he's he was a player he, he wants to do well in his career, so so power to him. Um and then the next aspect, we're gonna talk about players that have been just flat out released um for one reason or other. Players we don't really need to talk to. Kevin Dabrowski was out on loan, he did it all right for us in his state his spell in the first team the year before. Um and then Tom Carter and Josh McCulloch were let go following stints with the young team. Um, Mike Devlin, again, don't really think we have to talk about because he came, made one substitute of performance at Tynecastle, got booked, and that is literally his legacy. Um, <laughs> but the first one to talk about is Aidan McGeady. Um, he obviously picked up an injury, um, unfortunately, put him out for the most part of the season. Uh, Greg, I knew you were a big Aidan McGeady fan. Would you have preferred to see him get another season? Probably not, no. Um, really, really good player when he was playing, but he didn't play often enough. You can't rely on these players ultimately. Um, I was excited when he came in, so I thought he had a lot to offer. And when he played, he did show that, but he didn't play enough for me. Um, he'd be playing consistently week in, week out. And I think Kibbs would probably made the right call and, and not give him a new game. Yeah. Ryan, Michael, any thoughts on that? I think he was playing quite a lot of money. 
for the output that he produced. I mean, he did. I mean, he was exciting to watch, but he was he's not getting like any of us not getting any younger. Um, so it's probably what he can offer is is he's not going to be able to offer us any more than what he did previously. Obviously, it's a shame about him getting again injured, and uh, it was a loss for us because he was he was exciting and he he was something different, but you can't pay him the kind of money he's probably on to he's probably one injury away for chucking it to be honest I think he might chuck it now to be honest I think that could be it for him yeah I don't really know where he goes from here um, Ryan any thoughts on McGiddy you want to throw in? Nah I think Michael's spot on with uh, the financial side of it the money could be utilised even to bring in two players wage wise the amount of money he would have been on so I think it's the right call great player <clears> in his day played well for Hibs on a few occasions but yeah injuries curtailed it yeah and then um, one final player that left uh, I've opened the floor if he's wanting to talk about him um, I don't really know too much about him but Ethan Laidlaw um, apparently Hibs did offer him a contract he's supposedly away to Watford correct me if I'm wrong I don't actually think there's been official comms from the club as of yet I know that he's tweeted out a couple of times himself that he's leaving Um. Obviously, he's supposed to be a top prospect, never actually got much in the way of game time. I think maybe a few minutes here and there over the last couple of seasons. Um, but any any thoughts on him leaving, or is it just a best of luck? Uh, I'd be lying if I said I knew anything about him. So uh, I can't say that we've missed out big time. I mean, reading the reports and stuff about him, he's, he's a great prospect. But yeah, good luck to him. Listen, sure. He, he is quite a good do. prospect, but at the same time, you can't be playing youth players silly money. This is this is Hibernian, and this isn't a cash cow. You know what I mean? Like I think he was he was one decent, very decent wages for a youngster. Hibs just aren't going to do that. You know, there's no point plowing money into and a player that that could make it, could maybe not make it. You know, so. There's always a suspenseful wait when Greg says this is Hibernian because you do not know what's going to come <laughs> after it. <laughs> Something's good to build the <laughs> <laughs> Nah, uh, to be honest, I, I think when with the way we are uh, marketing our youth setup, up, obviously the big focus on the development team and things like that, I think probably if we really wanted to keep them, we would have been able to. Um, there's obviously you have to imagine there's agents and there's people in his ear saying well they can't give you this and they'll give you this down the road kind of thing so he's thinking about himself obviously don't blame him for that but uh, I think he probably wanted to, I think he probably wanted a first team wage for a, a youth player and I think Hibs probably just turned around and said no nah. well I think teams down south doesn't matter that kind of money they can just sort of uh, you can we'll give you and if you turn out to be really good then we'll make some dough off you but if not then it's not going to make a difference to us and I think that's the difference between us up here and down south we kind of hold on to every youth player that we think might be good whereas they can take a chance on a lot more people yeah no absolutely and I think um it's one of those things I think with Josh Doy when he broke into the team he was like very physically ready. You could see that as soon as he was on the pitch. He didn't look like a youngster that was taking on men. But I think that when you did see other people in the team, like even the Josh O'Connors of the world, and that that's game last season against St. Johnston always sticks out. You know, the one we won 4-0 and we brought on all the youth players. Like I think there is a massive physicality thing. And being honest, I don't think Laidlaw is quite ready for first team football in the Premier. And it sounds like he was expecting money 
<laughs> for a first team player. So yeah, that like it is all speculation. As I said, there's no ill will towards the boy if he wants to take his career in a certain path, and that's up to him. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I don't mind the move for either party. I think we do get a good development fee out of him moving as well if he gets signed by a club. So yeah, no, no skin off our nose. I've watched the development team a few times and boy the one player I would say is physically ready is Megwa. He's he's an absolute machine, to be honest. And he can play right back and centre back. So he's he's definitely an exciting one to watch as well. Nice. Um, but just before we come on to the squad and potentially the Megos of the world, um, the old adage says, never fall in love with lone players. And there's a couple that we're going to have to chat about quickly because they were absolutely immense for the club. Uh, we'll start off CJ Egan Riley. Uh, Greg, talk to me. Uh, that old cliche off, he gets it. Um, yeah. Greg was so, honestly honest. like... In love with the guy after the Harps game, man. I, in the booze, I'm never... Oh, my God. Back. Oh, my God. CJ, look at that. He's going for him. He was in love with the guy. Well, listen. Like, nah, but listen. Fair play. Else really went in. Nah, fair Living play. Came fair in only two, so... So you need, Greg. Clearly, clearly takes a bit of pride in his work and, and loves the football club, so... Listen. Players who get it, you need them. You absolutely need them. And, and Egan Riley absolutely got got the football club so I will miss him hopefully we can get him back but obviously with injury it might be tough and Michael your thoughts on Egan Riley? he was, was alright eh? but I don't think he really made any glaring mistakes I thought he was quite comfortable with the ball um, physical I think we lacked a physical um, player like him uh, in terms of just getting stuck in but a physical player that can play as well. Um, no, he was he was good. Obviously, the the furore after the, the last game of the season, especially the fact that he was injured to play, but he could get involved in that. I don't know what that was about, but fair dues to him if he wants to get stuck in at the end of the game. Just doing what any of, just doing what any of us wanted to do, to be honest. Um, nah, in terms of what Greg said about difficult to get him with an injury, I think it might be easier to get him if he's injured. Um, I think the, the whoever um, is it Burnley's on loan from is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're in the Premier League now. Is he a, really a, a English Premier League standard player? Probably not. No, no, but in terms of that, I just thought they might want to oversee his rehab themselves mm-hmm. rather Possibly. than send them up here. Possibly. But Possibly. I'd love to get him back though. Yeah, but you never know who Brian McDermott has got an eye on either, because. Um, Time will tell. It was a good player in, in isolation. Yeah, fine. And Ryan, talk to me about Egan Riley and kick us off with Will Fish as well, the other defender we had on loan. In terms of Egan Riley, I placed a lot of value on the fact that he was very versatile and could play easily in all four positions in the back four and in defensive midfield. I think having a player like that in your squad uh, gives you less of a need for, for squad fillers that aren't going to play very often. He could play any position to the ability of a starter. So, yeah, I think bringing him in was like bringing in two players because of the positions he could play. Physical, strong, quick, good in the air, good in the ball, composed, great football player. Um, Will Fish, I mean, I don't think any of us seen the player that he was going to turn out to be for the second half of the season after what happened at Tynecastle. He looked like a bag of nerves, but when Portis left, he came into the team, absolute 
rock at the back, eh? Him and Hanlon struck up a great partnership, which I think was probably integral in our run towards the chase for Europe. Um, again, never seen him lose a header. You could pick a pass, by the way. He wasn't just no-nonsense. A very consistent performer, I think. It'd be a toss-up between who I would rather have back if I had a choice between him and CJ. Michael, I'll come to you with that question. Talk to us a bit about Will Fish and would you rather have him back or would you rather have CJ? I thought Will Fish was brilliant. I really did. I was worried about us defensively when Portis left. And not even in terms of <clears throat> not even in terms of just the uh, the football ability of Ryan Portis, but the the other side of Ryan Portis' game that was so such a big part of Ryan his own game was the aggression and the just the constant will to win. I think Will Fish brought that in as well, but I think he brought it in a different way. I think he was a lot more measured uh, about it, but he still had that equal desire. He scored a lot of goals for a centre half, um, and he was a he was a constant threat for set pieces. If I if 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 it was a toss up, I would get him uh, between the two. I think he was brilliant, honestly. I thought he was brilliant for us. I would I would have to say that from what what I've seen, he was better than Ryan Portis overall. Um, probably slightly controversial, but I just think that everything Will Fish done was so good, neat and tidy on the ball. Like Ryan said, he could pick a pass, he could he could defend well. He, he would never get sucked into into battles, he would always just play his own game. Um, I, I really liked him, to be honest, and I think if it was a choice between the two, I would probably say Will Fish, purely because defence is an area that we really need bodies in. Midfield maybe not so much, um, but it's, it's pretty close, obviously. You can really his versatility. And I also think that the, the mental fortitude of the guy, considering how bad he was at Tynecastle, but mm. let's have it right, he was thrown under the bus, he was played at right back, which obviously, mm. as time has shown, is not his position. Um, and then he's he's came in and I think he's probably one of, he's probably, the, I would say he's the best, our best player for the second half of the season in terms was of up overall inconsistency. I don't, I don't actually think he had a, he never had a bad game, I don't think, the second half of the season. No. No, you're right. You're right. And I think he helped Hanlon as well. I think the pair of them had a really good partnership. Whereas with Hanlon and Poches, maybe wasn't as good as you can see. You could see Hanlon making mistakes, etc. So I think they're good for each other. He's yep. gone. And then two other loans um, that we had that ended. Um, Matthew Hoppe, I, I don't think we have to talk about too much. Who? I think he was a pretty underwhelming. Hey, looked okay at first, but I think he won a competition to be a football player. To be honest, yeah, he's not. not... Somebody's paid money for him before, by the way. That's bad. He's scored in the Bundesliga. Really? A hat trick. He scored a hat trick in the Bundesliga. Don't know how, but but then. One final boy we have to talk about, Mikola Kukarevich. Um, it's taken oh. me this long to actually get his name pronounced correctly. I was a big fan. I, I know he had his injury problems, and that's potentially put a damper on people's minds of whether or not we bring him back. But I hundred percent take him back. He's a very talented young player. Um, I'd take him back in a heartbeat. I think he was strong, physical, knew where the goal was, scored about four goals that should have been allowed that were disallowed for no reason. Um, yeah, in my, in my point of view, I think I think Kukarevich is a is a top notch player. Um. Open to the floor. Who, who who else liked or disliked Kukarevich? Very good. Just not not reliable enough, like Mugidi. 
when he would play, he'd be good, but you can't rely on players that are going to miss a big chunk of the season through injury. That's not, not sustainable. Right, but in, 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 in argument of that, or argument against that, he's about half the age of McGee as well. So it's not like the and, point... And look how many times he's been injured. But my point is the fact the fact is that um, McGeady, you're not going to get anything out of him again. Let's be realistic, right? Or at least not to the same level as what he was. Kukarevich has got a career ahead of him. I think it'd be better to take a chance on him because when he's fit, he's brilliant mm-hmm. uh, than worrying about bringing players back that are past their sell-by date. I think, it's a, different, I think it's a different argument. Listen, I think he's a very, very good player, but I just think, is he reliable enough? Can he fill the boots of Kevin Nisbet if he's only playing <coughs> one game in four or whatever? Aye, but you can't, no, but he was, he's not a, he's not a replacement for Nisbet either. No. Because, well, why should he be? He was here he as well. He not be, though. He was very, very good. No, I, what, what I'm saying is you can't bring him in as an immediate replacement for Nisbet or put the pressure on him to be a replacement for Nisbet. We need an extra striker in addition to if we're bringing him back. Well, you're saying that Harry McCurdy's not for the job. Listen, you gave Harry McCurdy a pre-season. Who knows what will come back? Uh, all right, well, you are, are talking about further on the episode. Ryan, it's all Kukarevich, and then we'll get stuck into the crux. Yeah, he's a player that's got quality, uh, good technical player. He's obviously come to a football academy. I've taught him the ways of football. He's good feet, good hold-up play, good near. He's really efficient in front of goal, as we've seen. Should have had more goals to his name. Um, I'd be happy to see him return on the basis that I hear it's a, a recurrence of an injury. That needs to be sorted, whether that's a wee operation or whatever, proper rehab to get that sorted. And then from there, I mean, we can't predict when players are going to get injured, but reoccurring injuries are, are the most annoying thing. So if he was to get that sorted, I'd be more than happy to see him back next season. Nice. Um, and then finally, guys, we're going to look at the squad as a whole. We can look back on some fond memories and maybe some not so fond memories. Uh, so we're going to break it down. I'm going to give you all the names of the players in each position. You can, can inform me of what, what players I've forgotten. But we're just going to break it down, looking ahead to the new season and reflecting back on this season on where we actually need to strengthen. So we're going to look at goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, attackers. Okay, we're just going to break it down like that. We're going to see how we go. So goalkeepers at the moment, we've currently got David Marshall and Murray Johnson out on loan. Um, I think at the start of the season, we were all pretty excited to have David Marshall. I think obviously had a bit of a clangor uh, at the Euros, but he got chipped from the halfway line. But apart from that, we thought, you know, we're getting a really solid keeper in, uh, Scotland hero. And he started off pretty well, made a, made two penalty saves against Livingston at the start of the season. Um, everybody was fully on board. And then the World Cup hit and he he fell off quite quite drastically um, and at the end of the season is goalkeeper now a position where we desperately need to strengthen or do, is it just one of those ones if we get a new player in great right Harry before we go on to that you've got your timeline wrong oh the two penalty saves were on Christmas Eve what the only reason I know that because it's the only game I missed the whole season and the only reason that it sticks out in my mind is because we won 4-0 and it was the only game I missed. And then it convinced me that maybe I was the problem. Oh, no. You know what? Now that you say it, it rings a bell because I remember being at that game and we celebrated the second save 
more than we celebrated any of the four goals, just because it was that stupid that he saved two penalties in the space of two minutes. Uh, but yeah, no, as as we say, I'm not the one for memory. Ewan's one of the memory. But tonight, Michael, you're you're all about the memory on the pod. Uh, but David Marshall does he need replaced? Absolutely. Yeah. He should have he should have been dropped maybe eight games ago. But the only reason we never dropped him was because we don't have anyone to play in, in goals for him. That's why I think getting rid of Dabrowski was rash. Uh, I don't think that Dabrowski was uh, our long-term number one, but we need our backup goalie that can actually play for when our number one goalie uh, is chucking the ball in, quite literally chucking it in. Our long-term number one is going to look cool this out next season. Our long-term number ones away on loan to Queen of the South next season. Aye, Murray Johnson. Murray Johnson. <laughs> Aye. Oh, there you go. And so, Ryan, in your opinion, do we move number one in? Is, is Marshall going to actually stay at the club as a uh, backup goalkeeper? Or do you think that Johnson keeps Marshall until his contract runs out? If we don't replace him in the summer, all we're doing is shifting the problem six months down the line. I mean, he's a problem now. He's still going to be a problem when the next window opens. Um, typically goalkeepers mature and, and get better with age in some cases, in Marshall's case he's really dropped off a cliff in the last four to six months, it's been it's been some fall off by the way, seen some I wouldn't say clangers but there's been some bad errors that we wouldn't expect from him so me personally as I was playing football manager, he'd be out the door right, So realistically when it comes to goalkeeper we do need improvement but somewhere that um Come January, I think we were all up in arms over the fact that it wasn't improved too much. Um, but defenders, guys, defenders. So, um, as always, do jump in and tell me where I'm wrong. But I've got Lewis Miller, Marion Chabria, Paul Hanlon, Chris Cadden, Lewis Stevenson and Rocky Bushiri. So defensively, first half of the season um, was kind of up and down, kind of with form when we were playing well. We weren't conceding many. When we were playing badly, we were conceding quite a few. Um the game against Celtic away from home was at 6-1. That was that was probably one of the lowlights. The two 3-0 games against Hearts back-to-back were both horrific defensively. But second half of the season, the defence was probably the saving grace of the team. Um, obviously, Will Fish was a big part of that. And Paul Hanlon, um, second half of the season particularly, was absolutely immense. But boys, looking at the defence, where are the where's the key weakness that we need to get another body in for? And yeah, how, how many bodies do you think we need in defensively? Take it away, Michael. What's what's the biggest week? What's the biggest the glaring obvious one? And uh what are your three players you want to bring in? The right back when Lewis Miller isn't playing. So wait now. <laughs> uh Chris Cadden, it should not be a hips. You are so lucky Liam's not here. Oh, no, no, I no, I no, I got threatened with this last time. I will tell Liam. No problem. <laughs> I got threatened with it. <laughs> I'm no threatening you, Absolutely man. shocking. He's shocking. I, 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 I want somebody to tell me what he does and it's good I I think that Chris Cadden I think he's got a lot of energy but I think he's one of those players he's a runner he's a runner he's, he's a runner and I think I just don't think he's because see the thing is like I know his delivery isn't great at times but I also think that runs in the box aren't great I, I think defensively in one-on-one situations I don't think he's particularly reliable um, I've always said I wouldn't have minded seeing him like you know Josh Campbell like Josh Campbell I, I really like the boy but at times it's been shown that he's not got the most footballing ability I wouldn't mind seeing Chris Cadden in the middle of the park kind of just run around and you know just 
get the ball, move it on, try and be a nuisance in the middle of the park. I think he'd actually be quite good at that due to his energy levels. But yeah, I just the, the main problem with Chris, I don't know what position he is. That's that's his main thing. He's, he's, uh, he's a right winger. He's further up the pitch. He's, he's absolutely not. A, he's not a defender of any stretch of the imagination. It's just he's just not that simple as that. He's not a defender. Should not be playing in defence. I think he's better far up the pitch. Generally, I think, I think you see a lot more from him. He gives you a lot more. He maybe isn't the greatest crosser of all, but you have and to look nice. at how many balls he puts in the box. You know what I mean, like, what 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 makes a good cross? Is it somebody that gets on the end of it? Because we need to look at the strikers at times. In would they play in ahead of Martin Boyle and ahead further up on the right hand side? No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't play ahead of Martin Boyle, but he's not. He's not a right back. That's just simple as that. So you're preaching to the choir. I don't think he's. I don't think he's that either. Just, but just going through what you said, uh, Will Fish, I want him back. Um, but I think we need a centre half if if we don't, because Rocky Bashiri, let's come on. He's not our. He's he cannot be a, a 38 game a season centre half and expect us to do anything above ordinary. Um, Lewis Stevenson, I think he's been really, really good for us. Um, but I think if we're to get to the next level, we need to aim above him. Um, we need to get an extra left back in. Um, I don't think that Cabrera's that great, especially after Pine Castle. Last game of the season, my God, he'd be well standing next to me. Uh, so I think we need a couple of defenders. And Ryan, overall in defence, where, where do you think? Is there anywhere in particular you'd like us to improve? I, I definitely left back. Um, it's good. And as long as Louis Stevenson's been here, I mean, that won't last forever. Uh, Cabrera, for me, I know there was a couple of people that were excited when he first signed and he was playing well, but now he, he's not the player for us at the minute. And I don't think he could turn that around. He's been given long enough to, to change his form. So I think we need a a real consistent, steady performer at left-back that can either ease Stevenson out of the team or, or take the starting role straight away. Obviously, it comes at a price, though. Um, Gadden is more effective further up the pitch, so you're going to need depth in the right-back area. And where, where the problem lies for the last four or five years has been centre-half. So, yeah, I agree with all Michael's positions there. Isn't Cadden um, out for a while? He will yeah, be, be out for a long time. Be. He will be out for a long, long time. Do- Dodge had the same injury and you know how long he was out for. So if you kind of base off of that. Yeah. He really come back, has he? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Um, well, we'll touch on him later on. Do we, um, no, to be fair, you, you can see it. Like, it does affect him long term. Yeah. It's a really it bad does. injury, to be fair. Like, it's if you horrendous. speak to any... Any ex-pro that's had that injury will say, like, you're never the same after that in terms of pace or, or movement and mobility. Mm. So, yeah, I'm not yeah, telling that, you that, that Dodge was the quickest player, but you can tell that he's lost a bit, like. That, that, that'll, just, well. that'll just oh, absolutely. Um, make Cadden even less useful. <laughs> if, he, if, you take away his, if you take away his, his biggest asset, which is his pace, and he's got to lose a, a couple of yards of pace, then... We'll try to be rude or nasty to the guy, but being factual, according uh, with my opinion, obviously. Of course. But one, one final one, Greg, I'll give you the question. Um, <laughs> Michael's made his uh, feelings well known on it, but would you be confident in Rocky Bishiri being a starting centre-back next year, or do not, we need a new no. starter in? I don't know. It's tough because 
See when he's playing, you can see there's a mistake in him, but when he's not playing, I can call away miss him. Um, I wouldn't be comfortable going into the season with only him. As I said, him and Hanlon is starting centre-half. You need one more, at least. Possibly two. I wouldn't, I, I'm not so hung up on a right-back, but I would like two centre-halves and a left-back. Um, and next, we're going to touch on the midfield. So, midfielders, uh, we've got the, the what? what? <laughs> the midfield. Um, where they, these are based off where um, Hibbs's website has placed them all, by the way. So, if you think there's anybody in a dodgy, like in the wrong one, i.e., Cadden in defense, um, it's not my fault, it's whoever runs a Hibbs website. So, got Kyle McGuinness, John Yule, Jake Doyle Hayes, Jair Tavares, Jimmy Jago, Ewan Henderson, Josh Campbell. Noan Kenna and Dylan Tate. Keep two of them. Midfield would actually get football stopped. Keep, keep two of them. Well, who's, who's your two? Joe Neal and Josh Campbell and get the rest out. No Jake Doyle Hayes? Oh, well, I three. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God you said was that. Good to see you. to get kicked off. <laughs> this, is a, this is a Jake Doyle Hayes supporting podcast, man. Get rid, the, get rid of the rest. I find it absolutely mental that people don't Great, Jake Doyle. He's so neat and tidy on the ball, like he makes such a difference. I'm not being funny, but see his work out of possession is second to none when he plays. He is phenomenal off the ball. Like watch but, him. But then people people will tell you that Jimmy Jiggles gravy, so can't even fair, fair enough, Greg. I, I won't argue my point. Eh? I'll never win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, the, the thing is, like, um, if if you look at it, like, obviously Kyle McGinnis, I think we're all in the same boat of we. If he could stay fit for a full season, we would think he's good enough, but he's probably at the stage where he's proven that he can't, which is really unfortunate. We know there's a good player in there, but how how much can you pay a guy to not play on the pitch? Um, well, he's enjoying his holidays, though. That's good. That's what some maybes. That's what some maybes. Aye, but then... Um, oh, you're right, G. Three players Holds. in particular on that list that have kind of divided... Our fans might not be the biggest fans of realistically. Um, Tavares, Jimmy Jago, and Ewan Henderson. I think realistically, Jimmy Jago definitely stays in the squad next season. Um, Lee Johnson definitely f- thinks he's, there's a player there. Um, as, as I've said, I think there's a couple halves in which he's been pretty good. Um, but on the whole, I'm not the biggest fan. But Ewan Henderson, again, didn't have a great display at Tyne Castle. Tavares yet to have a game in which he's not looked like a terrible football player realistically. Um did either of those three, in your guys' opinion, stick around the squad after the summer? Who wants to go first? Nope. I, I, I think you can add has no to... that. Sorry, Ryan. You can add no and get at that list as well. I watched him against Parthic Chris when he looked out his depth, so that just tells you everything you need to know. It looks like he'd never um, been played football before. Really, he looked so lost. Positionally, miles off it. Couldn't pass the ball five yards. Pretty much everything I'm on about Jimmy Jago, he can he can do that. So for me, he goes Tavares. You're not going to get rid of him, which is unfortunate because he's he's not good enough. You and Henderson really want him to be good, but he's just not. He got subbed on then subbed off at Tyne Castle. That he's mm-hmm. lucky he lasted that long. Um, so yeah. Just not good enough. Yeah. So Ryan, just to keep it moving a bit. All right, Michael, Michael, you go on. No, I just, I just, I just, I just don't think you and Henderson's very good at football. That's all. Um, I don't, I don't want it to come across as being 
nasty because I can I recognise it maybe the way I articulate sometimes uh, can be quite harsh but he's just really bad he's just and if we're serious about going anywhere uh, or of a respectable note with any sort of long term consistency he cannot be anywhere near it he's terrible and I think it, he's sorry terrible. Michael he's I was going to say I, I, I think his idea and his intent his intent can be really good at times you know he picks up really good spaces but what lets him down is his execution and his final ball which is the most important thing so kind of to back up Michael's point I mean if, if we're not going to get anything out of him where it matters in terms of quality then we need to kind of move him on he looks like he's got absolutely zero confidence like mm, his body awesome. language is really bad at times really bad and you know it happened at Tynecastle. he picked the ball up kind of just inside Hart's half and Hearts are one nil down, uh, drawn one all, trying to see the game out with ten men, and he's trying to land it on a sixpence in mind defence. It's never ever going to happen. Just bounces at the park. It's a total waste. That's mm-hmm. the thing that kind of frustrates me, and I'm sure it frustrates the other guys too. And that's and that's I, when I think Joe Neal started shouting at him there. Ah, he does that as well. He just had. He just had. That was it. As soon as that, he just went hiding. Yeah. Which is like you can't do, do that. Be be brave and and move it. You know what I mean? The thing is as well. I mean, if like if you're sub that gets subbed off, it's just like it's a cardinal sin. Oh, like that's just sort of like you, you get know, your jotters in the post, yeah. Eh? Uh, that's your the noose is around your neck kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, and to be subbed off in a game like that where we had the ball for ever since Hart's got a man sent off, we just had the ball, and he mm-hmm. he still was off the pace and still lost, and Hearts were never ever out of the heart out their own half but for the clearance or throwing or whatever like then he would never have managed 11 v 11 you know what I mean see in general it has been a very disappointing signing because so much was expected of him and not even because of his brother I think just because the kind of pedigree and the hype around him Mm -hmm. everybody kind of expected a a bit of quality but unfortunately it's not worked out so and if he's got a bit of a giggle, um, if you listen back to our prediction podcast at the start of the season, uh, Liam had Ewan Henderson as our player of the year. I think <laughs> Greg might have done as well, but I can't remember if Greg uh, actually stopped him for it. I got a young player of the year, oh, to be honest. And listen, I've seen him, a lot of him in pre-season. I thought he looks good. Um, and then he just fell off massively. Mm-hmm. But I suppose he can... Look at the opposition that you were playing, but then again, we still couldn't beat teams like Falkirk and Greenock Morris. So, yeah, but boys, talk to me. If if we had to um, fill out that position transfer window, what what players are we what players are we bringing in? How how many do we need for the midfield? I've slated Greg, and I, we all have slated Greg for this shout, but he's actually no far off it with this. Mark O'Hara, I think he was St Mirren's Player of the Year this year. Scored a fair share of his goals, captained the team, showed great leadership qualities in the way that he plays. He's a battler. He's one of those guys that'll run through a brick wall for you. Technically decent on the ball. I would love Hibs to sign him. I took so much shit for that. You yeah, did, I... Greg, but I'm now praising the shout, man. Come on, respect it. Listen, I mean, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> talk shit. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, he is a player. When have, we ever, when have we ever signed a good midfielder for St. We haven't, so maybe we should avoid it. Stevie Mallon. I was waiting for you to say John McGinn, but sorry. I was I was thinking why has nobody said John McGinn yet? Um, but yeah, that that wasn't the question. I meant like in terms of volume, how many midfielders would you like us to bring in? Um, 
I'd personally think two central midfielders. Um, I'd probably say a defensive midfielder to either split minutes with Jago, since I don't think Kenna's up to the mark at the moment, and Delfair, Delferi, I never know how to say Alan. Um, I'm not sure. Alan. If, Alan. I'm not sure if Lee Johnson um, sees him as starting caliber. Um, and then I'd also say a vertical midfielder to replace what we lost in Kyle McGuinness. I think what? Josh Campbell done. What the hell is a vertical what? midfielder? Someone, someone that goes up and down like box to box. Just yeah, say, say that then. Oh, I'm glad it was just me. I'm glad it was just me. terminologies. Be a bit fun. Wacky. Oh, come on. All right, well, Vera, two central midfielders, midfielders. All right, we'll, we'll move on before I get slated anymore. All right, are you ready for the list of attackers? Midfielders? I, I like horizontal midfielders, just sort of lie down the grass. Uh, to be, to be <laughs> fair, mind, mind last day. year under Maloney, that's what uh, I would say that uh, Joe Newell and uh, Jake Doyle Hayes uh, were. I'm uh, sick of you talking about Joe Newell in such a negative light. Your eyes must Del be painted on Harry. I thought he looked really good. I, I was impressed. Who is that? Delphia. Uh, yeah, I liked them to be fair. Got stuck in late. I'm glad it. He gets it. Hey, and then all right, all right. Let's move on to the attack. Let's move on to the attack. All right. So, uh, we've got Ellie Yuan, Martin Boyle, Christian Doidge, Elias Melkerson, Danny Mackay, Harry McCurdy. It started off so good, guys. I, I said you, Ellie Yuan and Martin Boyle, and we all felt quite good about life. And then I kept on talking, and it just kind of. Uh, um, Ellie Yuan's going to make this football club a lot of money one day he's going to make us a lot of money one day but in the meantime let's enjoy him he's going to be a, a very key part of what we're going to do um, next season whether whether Johnson decides to play him through the middle or off the wing I mean he's he's going to play pretty much every week great player fantastic phenomenal such a high so ceiling so much confidence about him as well it's so easy for so easy for attacking players to go night and no want the ball or that he's trying to take on three boys at a time. I don't mind it. I think he has a confidence player though, because if he's if especially in the big games if he <coughs> if he gets tackled a couple of times or somebody goes through him or he makes a couple of mistakes his first ten minutes you don't see him. I thought he was so good. No, but no, but I, by a game against Rangers he was the complete opposite. I don't know. You know what I mean? That, but kind of yeah, if they were days. at it every week, they wouldn't be at him, so well, that's let's the thing. be honest. That is the thing, but my point is, he is when he's on song, he's brilliant, but when he's he's either the best player in the park or you don't see him. That's my What's point. the question, he's Harry? Who, who we're getting rid of? No, no, so, so like at, at first, it's just kind of a discussion over the whole attack that's over the course of the season, and then... Um, yeah, so look, looking at the attack, now that we've mentioned those names, are, are you as happy with that as, as a whole? And then looking back on certain players, um, you can kind of break down where or not you'd expect them to be in and around the first team. So Christian Dodge, for example, went to Kamara and scored four goals. And now he's coming back after being their one of their main strikers. Um, um, no. And anybody want space for Dodge defending corners? No. No. I think he needs... There you go, Michael. No, I just don't think he'll be... He needs to get a move back down south. Yeah. He needs to get a move back down south. Um, who gave him a contract that length? I don't know. Long Good contract enough. for a for a player that's getting to a point where he's going to start declining in uh, ability, and especially after that injury as well. 
And um, well, my, my, what, what do we think of my player of the, no, actually my prediction for most goals of the season. And then because I said that I had to double down and say player of the year, Elias Melkerson. Um, he had one incredible game away to Motherwell. And I'm also um, I'm bad for saying it. I, I definitely think there's a player there. I, I think that there's, there's something in Melkerson, which I think he can be a very good player one day. Um, we've not seen it as of yet. Do you think next year could potentially be his year? Would you rather see him loaned out again and hopefully develop a bit more? I don't think he got much, if any, minutes at all at Sparta Rotterdam. Do you think you've been subliminal, sub, whatever that word is, subliminally? Subliminally, uh, yes. Uh, do you think you've been indoctrinated by the reindeer hot dog? <laughs> With regards to Mr. Melkerson. The, I reckon I'm more... Uh, and all because Hibs actually used a video of me singing the Melkerson song and put it on their page. Um, so that's probably why I want Melkerson to be good. So then that gets shared uh, relentlessly across the years. Um, but no, I, I just because he, he he's another one in preseason. I thought he looked really good. Not not so much in the League Cup, but in the friendlies um, when they were over in was it Portugal preseason? Um, mm-hmm. I I thought Melkerson looked really good. I thought he looked energetic. I thought he's like he's one of those players that his first touch can be quite explosive and get some uh, running onto the ball. Um, but it's just something in the league we've never really seen him like make those types of plays. He's just not as exciting um, when it comes to league football. And in fairness to him, he was another victim of VAR. Like he had a couple of assists that got ruled out in one goal, I'm sure as well, um, which were all nonsense. Um, but yeah, no, I'd I'd love to see him come back and actually get minutes. Um, I think with O'Connor going out, I think that probably paves the way for Melkerson um, to come back into the squad. Um, any thoughts on Melkerson? What about Danny McKay? Obviously, had a, quite a good loan spell at Inverness, um, but is he anywhere near first team level at Hibs? In terms of Melkerson, I'm yet to be convinced that he's got the quality needed to, to be part of this team. Um, I don't think his link up play is particularly good. I think he lacks a little bit in physicality. Listen, he scored two great goals late Motherwell, but I, other than that, I haven't seen that predatory instinct. I haven't seen him. Kind of create goal chances for himself. I haven't seen him batter centre halves down. Like, I know he's still young and kind of filling out and stuff, but I'm yet to be convinced. Dan Mackay, Inver- Inverness. How did you say it? Uh, Inverness. He always Inver- says in and then hyphen Verness. Uh, Danny Mackay is a player that's got absolute blistering pace, like raw pace. But I mean, the championships maybe his level. I don't- I don't know. Like, his issue was he didn't score that chance against Rijeka. That yeah, was his issue. Yeah. That chance should have been buried. That was just Paco Luna moment. Aye. Like, if he was good enough to be a starting player at Hibs, he would be doing that now, surely. I know, but Johnson has said that he was um, interested in keeping him in his, his thoughts. For... Oh, it's fair, it's fair enough. I think he'd be... He's, I don't think he'd necessarily start every game. I don't think he would yeah, ahead of you, uh, obviously, but I think there's definitely a player. Yeah, for in terms I think of depth, there's a use for them. Whereas I'd say more impact players, player, to be honest. Yeah. There's a lot of players that we have and will continue to have that we will try to make a use of that are absolutely useless. So I think whilst we can keep players that can actually benefit us in some way, we should be doing that. And I think he's one of them. Yeah, I think you're right what you're saying, Michael. He fits into that kind of Lee Johnson uh, system in terms of the, the two wingers either side of the striker and he's got pace to get him behind. So uh, you're probably right. There would be a use for him somewhere in the squad. Eh? I'm just surprised why he thinks Lee Johnson's got a system. <laughs> just try to sound like I know what I'm talking about. I'm just bluffing. I'm, I'm, I'm yet to see it, mate. 
Um, I've got then, this far in life bluffing G. Just let me keep fucking yeah, going now. Eh? That's okay, mate. That we nearly missed out on, and people were saying, quote unquote, Hibs have got blood on their hands uh, for not signing. Um, <laughs> Harry sorry. McCurdy. Uh, I think that we're all probably being victim at some point of saying this is Harry McCurdy's day, and it doesn't look like Harry McCurdy's day um, is set to come. Michael, you, you said earlier that what, what could we potentially see of Harry McCurdy after a full pre-season? Was that satirical or do you think there could actually be a player? Being, I'm being, I'm at, well, this is the thing. It probably started off satirical, but I've been saying it for so long now that I'm actually just <laughs> convincing myself that there's something there. Uh, I don't, I think, like, swing that you, one of the big, the biggest indicators of whether or not you've signed a good player is their fans' reaction when they leave, right? And Swindon <clears throat> fans were absolutely devastated when he left us. You would be if I put straight to score 30 old goals on us in a season. You'd be devastated if he left. I think I just honestly think he needs a goal. I think if he scored at uh, Aberdeen when the Nisbet missed the penalty, he'd have scored another couple of goals in that time. Back into the end of the season. I just think he needs a goal. Because I, I think one one thing for certain, I think um there, there was an air of desperation. Um, I think that really showed in the Tyne Castle game with that like mm. quarter chance mm. from at the end where he could have laid it on. I think Fish was wide open and he took a shot from the edge of the box when there was about three players in front of him and put it about ten foot over. Um, but I, I I think you're right. I think if he'd got a goal early on as well, I think it would have hit the ground running. And actually, had a pretty good season. But yeah, Ryan, what what did you think of McCurdy? You know, Michael says there, obviously, he scored a lot of goals last season, so it suggests to me that he probably played in a more central role. He never yeah. really got a chance through the middle with Hibs, and I don't know if that's made much of a difference. I would imagine it would, because instead of being serviced with good balls into the box to finish, he's then having it be the provider. So um, I wonder if he's taking time to adapt to that. I would be interested to see him through the middle. I don't think he's got the physicality, but if he played with somebody, him and Kukarevich, maybe it would be quite a good partnership. Um, uh, he's a hard one because he's he's like an enigma. You, one week you love him, the next week you hate him. It's, I I listen. I like to see any player that pulls on a hip shirt do well. So I stand by that statement with Harry McCurdy as well. I'd like to see him do well. And Greg, do you think he stays at Hibs beyond the summer? Yes, I also want to see him do well. Yeah, indeed, of course we do. Um, but talking about attackers, how how many do we think we need? Uh-huh. Two two actual strikers, do we need a winger in there as well? I just I just assuming is this new players from that list? Like yeah, so so that, that that's that's the players that are currently contracted. Loan, that doesn't include loan players coming back. No, so so the I'll sorry, so I'll I'll put so down two brand new players. Right. And is yeah. that a striker and a winger? That would have to be central, but also central may press, but also available to play it wide, but yeah. Yeah, we need an Isbet and a Megidi replacement, pretty yeah. much. So Kukarevich say comes back in for Nisbet, we still need another winger. Gotta be Dodge up front of the one, eh? Aye. Dodge and McCurdy each. Aye. <laughs> um, sensational. Flat four four two guys. Let's bring back proper football. Um Sam Allardyce, af- after after breaking down the full team, what, what we've got is goalkeeper. Uh, so the, the positions we've said we need to fill, we need one goalkeeper who can be first team football marshal, then drops to backup. 
we need a left back because as good as Lewis Stevenson is, realistically, he shouldn't be a 38 game a season player and he's currently our best left back. We need two centre backs, one to actually start because there's doubts over where or not Rocky Bishiri is ready to be a starting centre back in the league, um, as well as a backup centre back, ideally with a left foot because we've not had a competent left footed centre back apart from Alhanlon, apart from Font and Fontaine in years. And then also a right back, just with Cadden being out, even though he's not a right back, we do need depth there in case Miller, who's came onto a game, um, gets injured. In terms of midfield, are we in agreement we need two midfielders? Three. I'd say three. Right, three midfielders. And then in terms of... I don't... I, I think... I, yeah, just, I don't want Jimmy Jago anywhere in the other team. Well, we've, we've laboured our opinions on that. And if, if you want to know Michael's <laughs> opinions, listen to us talking about Jimmy Jago in previous episodes because we don't want to lambast or attack a Hibs player. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with the sentiment, to be honest, mate. Um, but yes... And then I'll second we, that. We also need um, two attacking players, ideally at least one centrally and then one um, that can play out wide in replacement of McGee So we've got a good rotation option for you, Anne. So essentially, we need one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players. We need, we need a full first team, boys. We need a full team. team. Um, and out of them, what what would you say is if you if you had three players that were the priority position to fill or priority players to bring in, if you know if you know what targets you have, name them, and if not, um, what are the three main priorities you've got? Uh, Goalie, go number one has to be priority. spine of the team. Spine of the team. Spine of the team. Goalie, left back. No goalie, centre back, and striker. Those are priorities. Right in the middle. I agree. I agree. Centre midfield, our player of the year was Joe Newell. We've got Jake Doyle-Hayes and George Campbell that can all play in there. I think there's there's bigger priorities. Goalkeeper, centre-back, striker. I guess Joe Newell, Doyle-Hayes and George Campbell have done it in this league for a couple of seasons now. There's really no concern around them. Like mm-hmm. if the, George Campbell's a different player to when he first came through. I think that when people say, I don't want to see a midfield they three, then that's a little bit lazy because Joe Newell's also a very good game and, and Doyle Hayes is, is so neat and tidy in there so really you get you get the three the three players in there that can they can do a little bit of everything. But for me you need a you need a goalie, a centre half, an out out striker you need to replace this, but and that's probably the hardest one to replace. Yeah. Are you happy with those three positions, Michael? Sorry? Are you happy with those three positions? Goalie, centre back, striker. Uh, that's what I just said I, ju- I just think goalies go probably goal and striker, um, and then a centre half. Just because we know I always like to be different, I'm actually going to say I, I think the biggest area of weakness on the pitch is left back. I I think that I, I really like Stevenson. I think he's really reliable. Um, but I do think he's at the stage of his career he should be a backup option, and I think he'll do very well as a backup option, rotating in games in which we've got maybe congested. If we do well in Europe, somehow get a bit of a run going, he'd be great to play in the league game over the weekend if there's tired legs, but I don't think he should be number one choice in 2023 and definitely not in 2024. Um, that's, again, not a slight on Stevenson. I just think that, realistically, he's been at the club for, like, what, 20 years now? He <laughs> did, did deserves a break. Um, and then... Right, Harry, I'm going to... Well, see, see, yeah, I mean, yeah. Sorry, sorry, morning. Just before you come in, that we know what we know that Chibai is good, like he is. If he can recapture his form for the start of the season, then left back's not a problem. And as I much. think you saying Stevenson is the weakest 
part of that team, I think, is a little bit lazy, considering we've seen about eight minutes in total of Lewis Miller throughout the season, and right-back's not the main concern. So I think what's me, lazy I think it'd be a little bit lazy um, there. Chibraya had good form at the start of the season when he played two good games, and we were that enamoured by him at the same time. Uh, we've classed him as a good two, player. I think that's a little bit lazy as well. Adam. How is that? Like, name name good two. performances apart from St Johnston away and Rangers at home. It was. Aaron oh, Chibraya is not being good for Hibs. Full stop. Has, has he though? Has he? Like, if if you take away the St Johnston game, we'd be like he's one of the worst players we've had in recent years. He's consistently put out five out of ten you're performances. Just, you're just making weekend. things up now. You're just making things up. What were you going to say, Moran? Right. Thanks. Um, so, Harry, yes, you, said that, you said there that um, about Lewis Stevenson unreliable for 38 games in a season. Aye. Do you think that we would lose more points playing Lewis Stevenson for 38 games and playing David Marshall for 38 games? I'm not I'm not saying that Stevenson's not reliable to 38 games. I think he could be, but I'm saying that we shouldn't take the risk. Like, is it... Like, David Marshall definitely had a very poor end to the season and um, I, I'm not confident in him being our number one moving forward but for me I think that if, if we're going to be at the stage we left back that's going to be the same situation as centre-back where we're going to have to go about eight windows without replacing them if we don't replace them soon like we still do need centre-backs as you've said but we've needed centre-backs for <laughs> three and a half years and I just don't want the same situation to be at the left-back position Um We've tried to replace Stevenson, but they, they, they no, fall off the wagon, then he comes in and does well. That's why they paid out, with the exception of Josh Doyle, really. We got money, we got good money for him. Mm. So Lewis Stevenson's, Lewis Stevenson's a victim of his own success. Not 100%, I would agree with that, yeah. As I said, I'm, I'm not saying by any means that he's not a good player and he shouldn't be in the squad, but I just, I just don't think... That when you get to a certain, I, Liam would hate me for the ageism, but I just think <laughs> that we need we need fresh legs um, that we can hopefully uh, develop as opposed to relying on an older player that isn't a game changer. I'm not saying it's uh, look, you know, you're all right. I'm I just, wrong. I just like, let's get rid of Marshall, let's get a new striker, and let's get a new centre. Especially when you've got like one centre half, really. Uh, see, see, in terms of goalkeeper, right? I, I didn't, I'm not arsed for my goalkeeper being able to pick out a 50-yard pass or, or play with his feet. I want to command this six-yard box, you know, be brave up to the penalty spot when coming out and collecting crosses. We never really see Marshall coming out and collecting crosses. Greg will agree with me here. I played as a defender as well. See when you, you know your goalkeeper is going to come out and collect things, it calms everybody down. You know, you can trust that he's going to come for things and he's got a safe pair of hands, but... See if you're heading the ball away underneath your own crossbar. It's a bingo, man. I, I would I would much rather my goalie come out and clattered me than then he's glued to his line, to be honest. Because you're wanting your goalie to come out and really command that. Any of the six yard boxes has. He is glued to his a, line constantly. I would give up a goalkeeper that can play with his feet for somebody that's going to come for crosses. Like I would sacrifice the uh, ball playing aspect for the for the coming and collecting. I couldn't ask. I've not asked if my goalie can pick it a fifty-yard pass on somebody's foot because yeah, that's, not, that's not his job. His job to come out and, and keep 100%. clean sheets, command his box, and organise the back the, the back four or whatever. That, that's 100%. his job. His job isn't to fire seventy-yard World Cup passes. Of it. Like, like, we need a goalie come on. to pass the ball five, ten yards. Yeah, hundred percent. Otherwise, boot it up the park and play for play the ball. Anyone can launch the ball long, but play out for the back. 
Mm-hmm. All the things that we want, Marshall hasn't really done much of, to be honest with you. Macy's problem as well was collecting crosses. No, Macy, but, no, Mar- no, no. Macy was a lot more than that. No, I know, but like for me, that was what frustrated <laughs> me the most. But Marshall can't move his feet quick enough, hence he can't come out. Uh, like we've seen that in the goal that we conceded against Rangers, he couldn't move his feet quick enough to get over. You know, he's just very slow. Like I, I he's running in treacle, uh, man. A safe percentage is there's nowhere near good enough for this football club either. To be honest, nah, he's not. Yeah. He, he doesn't. The football club, like like <laughs> she's passing against Aberdeen at home at the start of the season. What a pass! But if you know if they're going to get the same shots, and what you did. I'll be honest, right. Seeing our pre-season uh, in the League Cup <coughs> stages, I left that Green at Lawton game thinking David Marshall was our best passer of the ball. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> See, honestly, he was one of the best players with the ball at his feet that we had. Now, I don't know, that's obviously reflecting how bad everyone else was, but I didn't think that, whatever, 10 months, 9, 8, 10 months down the line, that um, I'd be having this conversation about him, but his time, his time's come. He needs to drop away. I think. Great. Um, I, I think. I think. I think he's probably big enough to admit that himself. Though I think. I think he's professional enough to accept that he's not with the levels he was. So I think. I think he'll be well aware that he's actually not that, not good enough for this level anymore. I personally think, I don't know about everybody else, I personally think the whole captaincy thing was a bit strange. Mm. He was team captain, Hanlon was club captain. Like It's a bit it's a bit messy. Just have it all on one person, decide who that person is, and they take the responsibility of it. Uh, no, we having leaders in the team, but the roles, the, the titles, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't sit 100%. I, I really don't understand the club captain stuff. Like, if he's the club captain, why is he only the captain on the pitch? Correct. <laughs> Correct. I, it's, I, think, like, I, I don't what, get it. Like, what was he going to be purchase again? Was no, it like inspired no, leader? No, <laughs> I was. Uh, that, that was just new spangled nonsense, mate. Uh, like, American, if sorry, you are but... the club captain, you put the armband on on a Saturday, and that's it. I thought it was weird, to be honest. I thought it was really weird, and it was and, one of the first right, things you Johnson should have done. leaders throughout the team. Joe Newell's a leader in the middle of the park. That's how it should be. The goal is to organise the defence. He's not a captain. Come on. And a captain's meant to be the one to have a word with the referee as well. Mm-hmm. Right, what's when, he going to do? doesn't leave his line until half time. <laughs> 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 right, well, guys, too. guys, guys, the, the roast of David Marshall has now has now, has now finished. So, so It's not a roast of David Marshall. It's a roast of the, the whole team system. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, well, what. What, what actually was Porches' role? What did they call him again? Uh, I'm sure it was something like inspired leader. It's just nonsense. Genuinely, just go about your business. And leadership role. People, <laughs> communicate. Leadership role. Like, <laughs> it's not, nah, it's not difficult to go and communicate with players on the pitch. You should be doing it all the time, naturally, anyway. But correct. He's, got, he's got the leader. He's got the prefect badge. You know what I mean? So can't get away from. Well, boys, I think we've done a good job of dissecting um, the whole squad, what it looks like now, what it looked like over the course of the season. Uh, one man we didn't talk about, we can touch on briefly because we've given quite a lot of opinions on him. Michael, we'll start with you because we've not heard from you on him. Uh, Lee Johnson um, came in, said to us, judge us after 10 games and after 10 games went 11 games without a win. <laughs> Come the end of the season, 
Um, how are you judging Lee Johnson and what does he need to do to keep you on side if you are on side next season? I really don't know why I think I'm, I've I've been so conflicting, conflicted, sorry, in my own mind about what I think about him. Um, I just, I cannot warm to the guy at all. Um, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's just, uh, he, he just comes out with some of the most bizarre things ever. I feel like I'm watching The Office when I'm watching his conferences or whatever like he's just he's got a lot of Brentisms yeah um uh some of his signings have been questionable I mean the one that you never mentioned was Bojang <laughs> like, come on <laughs> uh Bojang Jartavares um like just two players that like Absolutely horrendous football players, but who who signed them off? Come on, exactly. Uh, some of his comments after games, some of his decisions in games. I just I, obviously I'm sick of sacking managers and getting new managers, but I think he's got away a with a lot more than anyone else previous to him did. Um. And I'm not saying that we made mistakes getting rid of the managers before him because I don't think we did. I think that they needed to go. But he's he, I don't think he'll get as much leeway next season if he's if we're off to but a bad start. Yeah, I, I still I fully agree. Like I I'm I'm not saying he should be sat now this very second, but I think the reason he survived beyond January is because they'd sacked two managers in quick succession. I think if they hadn't done that and he'd been here for a couple of years based on the run that he was on, they hundred percent would have been given his orders. Like, the council but, not pretty much say that though in our interview with them. They not pretty much say we wanted to. I've and like pretty much. The thing is pretty as well, much. I think that um I think after speaking with him, I think he is I, I think he he talks a good game. He, even though he says nonsense in press conferences, I think if I can imagine him being quite good at speaking in the boardroom and stuff to the executives, etc. I think he will have a good relationship with the likes of Ben Kensel. Um, so yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, for me, I uh, I think if we can get good cup runs on the go and we can actually do something in Europe, if we somehow do something in Europe, then he'll be massively in the big books. But if we can do good in the cups and we can fight for third slash fourth, um, I think that we're in. Uh, I I think he'd win me round. Uh, Greg's laughing at what I've said. I've probably pronounced. I just said the big books, mate. Is it all the good, the big, oh, the good oh, books? Oh, does it big books? Uh, damn, it, damn it! Sorry, I was going to let it slide, but G picked nah, up. Like, G, G's been on me tonight. G, you take it away, Lee Johnson. How can he win you round? Too much, if Um I, I don't know. He's a, he's a tough one. It's like the last <clears> sort of how many games of the season I thought we looked better. Um. I still don't really know what 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 system he plays or how he plays or what he says to the players, but I don't know. I think he needs to learn from his mistakes, though. That's the big thing. I think he's made too many mistakes this season for a manager that's been involved in a five hundred games on a managerial level. I just want him to stop talking shit all the time. Like I don't mind it now and then, but he talks it all the time which is incredibly frustrating. He doesn't need to do it, but I think he does have a lot of passion for the club. Um, I just hope that recruitment's good enough that we can get a good squad together because I think, I think he could 
possibly project us at the next level, but I don't know. The jury's very much out. I want them to do well, though. I don't want anyone to fail at the football club, but I want them to do well. So, more than stop laughing every time I say football club. It's just the way you say it, but it's funny. It's so emphatic, isn't it? Um, and Ryan, what is, what's been your favourite daft comment to Lee Johnson from his first year in charge? I'm, I'm a been... toss-up between um, uh, you're not wrong, pal, when someone shouted Hibs are shite, or um, demanding that the Hibs players ask Celtic players what they had for their breakfast due to higher energy levels than our players. That's probably the winner, isn't it? Listen, there can only be one. That is hands down the winner. It's a very cringeworthy moment, but... In terms of Lee Johnson and my thoughts on him, I think um, Hibbs made a decision that this was the guy they were going to stick with and give time to. Um, ben Kensel pretty much alluded to that. He probably would have been sacked had we not just previously got rid of two margins in quick succession when you questioned him on our interview, if anybody wants to hear it, you get it on Spotify. Um, going forward, I think one of the biggest changes and most important changes at the football club has been Brian McDermott coming in as director of football which will alleviate the pressure of Lee Johnson having to identify and recruit players. also think that Brian McDermott's probably got a lot more knowledge and a better eye for a player than what Lee Johnson does. I think he's proven that with his past and his track record. Um, I think when Lee Johnson stuck to a familiar formation and played a regular 11 bodies, that's when we got our most consistent periods of form. So going forward, I would like to see him play just a 4-3-3, recruit for those positions, be quick, physical and hard to beat. I think the foundation of any team is one of the most important things. Be strong defensively first and foremost. Strikers win games, defenders win championships. It's as simple as that. You need to be strong defensively first and foremost. I swear that's an Americanism that should be picked up on. I, I swear that... No, it's Italian, it's actually. Like so. It's Italian. It's Italian. Look at all the great Italian teams. vertical midfielders as well. Well, I never said vertical midfielder, but it was uh, a saying that Arrigo Saki said, the great AC Milan manager that won back-to-back European titles. Thank you very much. Very well put. Italy had some good defenders. Yeah, it's sad. Sad, man. In case anybody didn't know that. But I wish you'd have the bit. breaking news flashing across the bottom. Morning what? reports. Four hours ago. <laughs> oh god. Um but guys, yeah, uh, in terms of today, we've covered off um the pretty much the whole season, who who played well throughout the season, who played not so well. Uh we've picked out who we want to be, well, what positions we want to be filling. All right, get, give me give me a sign in each. That that can be our excitement. Let's get the like, rumor like, like, go first. Going. Like Greg, I think first. we all know what's coming here, but who do you want Hibs to sign this summer? Liam Lindsay. Liam Lindsay. Preston North End, get binned. Um, <laughs> right, oh, Mike, well. I'll come to you next. Who, who do you want to sign? Have you got more than one or have you got one for us? Well, Fish. Any more? Fish. You've got another one? Oh, get, get one non-Hibs. One, one person's not going to have I go. I, 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 I don't know who. Fair Just, enough. I, I, don't, I don't study the goalkeeper market. Ben, we did a separate episode on... on... Are we doing a separate episode of list of players? Because I've got quite a few. Well, it wasn't planned, but for you, G, we can do whatever you want, mate. Perfect. Um, that sounds good. <laughs> Ryan, yourself, any players on the top of your head? Off the top I of would, your head. I would take Van Veen, O'Hara, and the right back from Dundee United is a bit of depth. What about that yeah. boy for Ross County? Dowder. Dander. Dander. I would Dander. take him in a heartbeat. Dander. I would take him. Yeah, yeah. Good oh, player. Very good then. footballer. Very good footballer. Nice. Great, great in the half turn, like brilliant. 
Aye, and well, score I'll... a penalty as well. <laughs> Still. Always important. Listen, always important. Yeah, but there's plenty out there. There's plenty of players out there. Jason Kerr, but then again, he might be on a bigger wage than we can afford. Um, ah, but we might actually pay him, though, Ryan. That's that's the difference. That, that's the difference. But as I would suppose he has interest down there. Uh, Michael, was it an ACL injury? Oh, I wouldn't be privy to that. I don't know. I think it was, yeah. It was a bad so, one, though. So yeah. Boyle and Nisbet both had ACL injuries. I think that's an injury that with the right surgery you can come back from. Yeah, uh, but I'll 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 give you his two. I'll give you his two. Right, first of all, welcome to Hibernian Football Club, Depot Akinye. Oh, what a guy! What a guy! I'll give you that for the rest of the time. End the episode, um, man. And then also, I don't know. Again, wages might be an issue, but I would love to see a bit of Giando Fuchs at Hibernian. Um, he's been right. put on their list of players they want to sell, which is the strangest thing I've ever seen a football club do on Twitter. Is literally put a list of we don't want these players come by them. Um, so if it's cheap enough, I would definitely take Fuchs off their hand if possible. Um, I would take Fuchs. I would take Fuchs. Yeah, really good, hard-working midfielder. Like buzzes about all the time. Very good. Yeah, but you can you can just imagine the dash for Fuchs' sake and all that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! That's that a good. It's bad enough when they get Ellie Yuan, I hate changing his name, and he start calling me Yuan. Yeah, Ellie Yuan. Oh, no. We were talking about this the other week at half time. Like, <laughs> somebody tell Barry Wilkins it's not got age. <laughs> and, lastly, just, and just also, on, on another note, the thing that I've been enjoying not having to listen to the football is grown men that think that VAR can be used in literally any situation. <laughs> so, like, if a throw-in's been given on the halfway line, they'll say, where the fuck's VAR, mate? That's been annoying me. So I'm glad to not have to, that at my earshot for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> All right, well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks thanks so much for joining me. Well, we, we, the, the current plan was supposed to be this was going to be our kind of round-off to the season. Greg says he might potentially want to do our transfer window. We might bring that as an up-the-slope to you guys instead. Um, but Michael, thank you again for joining us. Hopefully, we'll get you during the season next time, so you can actually look back on a game. Yeah, thanks very much. I look forward to it. Um, nah, been good. Enjoyed it. So, thanks for having me. I hope the the listeners are, are still here. Um, but thanks for listening. We're we always say if we make it this far, they're psychotic. Ryan, Greg, been a been a pleasure this season. Thanks as always for joining. No worries, no worries. And I just want to say, Donny Goller playing Monaghan in a massive Gaelic football game on Saturday. Tune in. All right, you'll not be disappointed. And uh, if you need your football fix, then you've got it really twice. So there you go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you. Bye. Bye.